A wonderful good morning to all of you. Well, we thank God for his presence. Where two or three are gathered, we know that. That's where we have the promise of uh, the presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, today we want to <clears throat> study the Word of God, and my th subject today is see beyond the horizon of creation. See beyond the horizon of creation. Okay, we all know what the horizon is. The horizon is, uh, you know, that, that line as far as you can see. <clears throat> if you have got any position, you know, where you are, you know, if you are on the ground, you may see less. If you are higher up, you see more. But even if you're in a plane, <clears throat> there is still an horizon. There's still a limit to what you can be. You know, there are horizons that we have. Uh, and uh, I want to talk about two of these horizons today. One of these horizons is of spiritual nature, okay? And uh, the horizon is uh, that limit that no human being can break in coming to the living God. We can see that many people around the world have tried to break that horizon, and that's the reason why I've got so many different religions in our world today. You know, people are breaking, trying to break that horizon. And because they cannot go beyond the horizon where they can be able to meet with the living God, and underneath the horizon, they are making their own gods, their own, their own uh, idols. And then the second barrier I want to talk about is the barrier of uh, how, far go, how far back we can go. You know, scientists are trying to uh, find all the answers to our world and uh, there comes a limit, you know, what they call the Big Bang or what I would rather call creation, beyond which no one can go, okay? And uh, even scientists are telling us they don't know what is beyond that. So that's what we want to talk about today and let us begin with reading the Word of God. <clears throat> I want to read from the book of Isaiah chapter 21. The Bible says here, do, do you not know? Okay. Do you not know? Were you not told long ago? Have you not heard how the world began? It was made by the one who sits on his throne above the earth and beyond the sky. The people below look as tiny ants. He stretched out the skies like a curtain, like a tent in which we live. And John chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible reads here, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And John chapter 17, verse 5, And now, Father, glorify me in your, in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Okay? There is a before the world began. Praise God. Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful that we can be able to have your word as a word of revelation, 
as a word of understanding, as a word that enlightens us and gives us clarity about our life, our purpose, our future. So, Lord Jesus Christ, I want to thank you today that you speak to us through this powerful word and let this word be able to become a driving force for our life to go through the barriers that are there for men without faith. Barriers that can be broken by the power of the Almighty God. We want to thank you so much, Lord, that you are in our midst today. Amen. So we want to look at this subject today, see beyond the horizon of creation. Okay, God has created, and uh, of course we know as people of God that God has created. The world that does not believe in God or that is skeptical about God they don't, they don't believe that God has created it. They believe it has just evolved. It has just come to be. But then they cannot tell us why. They cannot tell us what was before everything else. So we, we need to uh, take a bit of time to go through these different uh, scenarios and understand what God really has done for us is so amazing, is so powerful, is so great. Now, on the spiritual uh, sphere, we all know that when man fell into sin, you know, there was a barrier erected that man could not overcome anymore. That barrier is called sin. And not only could Adam and Eve, when they first sinned, not come back to God as they did before, uh, they had even to leave uh, the inheritance that God had given to them, and that was the Garden of Eden. So they had to now make a living uh, outside of that inheritance, and it was a tough living. It was, you know, uh, an inheritance with the sweat of their brow. And uh, so we see that this is what we are uh, experiencing up to our day. Now, thank God uh, this is not the end, and I will speak about it uh, a little bit later on. But... Let's just understand that the reason why we have got so many religions in our world is because deep down in the heart of every human being, God has put a desire for God. You know, we cannot fulfill our purpose. We cannot fulfill the reason for living without knowing God. And that's why, you know, uh, people are searching, you know, searching for answers. Uh, this is something that is God-given. God wants us so that we find him, that we seek for him and that we find him. But unfortunately, people exclude God. Many times they exclude God from the equation and then they're looking for uh, the answer to that longing in their heart and they're trying to find it in different places. You know, they're trying to find it with the material things of this world and material things can never satisfy the longing of our heart. You know, they try to find it with uh, evil things. You know, they try to find it in alcohol. They try to find it in sex. They try to find it in power. They try to find it on all the different uh, spheres that life is able to offer. But then the longing in our hearts is so powerful and so strong 
that it cannot be stilled by anything else but God alone. And that is what a lot of people just don't want to include in their consideration. You know, uh, there are people who are just leaving God aside altogether. You know, when we look at uh, scientists, scientists believe that science should only look at that which can be humanly proven, that which can be, uh, you know, proven by, uh, you know, clear uh, proofs like fossils and other uh, supporting documents, you know, that uh, this is what they have come to find out. That's what they say. In reality, it's not what they do, you know, because, for instance, Darwinism, which has been very much pushed by science, has never been proven. It's just a theory. It's just what people think. Okay, we found a bone here, and we found a bone there, and we found a bone somewhere else, and then you make a theory how these bones connect to each other, which is totally uh, out of the reality. But science excludes, you know, as a... As a as a matter of fact, it includes anything supernatural. They want to stay in the, in the natural. And because they want to stay in the natural, of course, they will not be able to be receptive to the revelation that God gives from above. So we need to understand there are barriers. And God wants us to see through the barriers. In fact, God has given us revelation, and we will talk about this revelation as we go through this uh, study today. So, you know, the, the scientists tell us today that uh, uh, from the time of the Big Bang, we have, uh, you know, some 13.5 million uh, years have passed. Uh, I can't verify that. I'm not a scientist. Uh, I'm not even interested in knowing whether it is 13 million years or whether it's uh, 5,000 years or 100,000 years. I don't, I don't mind. For me, this is not important. For me, it's important to know that God is the owner of his creation. He's the one who has created all things. And he's the one who sustains all things. And everything makes perfect sense from the perspective of God. From the perspective of us human beings, some of the things, they may not make sense. You know, like scientists are continuously searching for uh, clues. You know, they're constantly digging uh, around the world for fossils, for, you know, uh, pieces of, 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 of uh, you know, wood or stone or porcelain, you know, in order to find out how did people live and what kind of, you know, uh, conclusions can they get from there. Of course, they have found out a lot of things, and uh, I have no problem with that. But the reality is that people who are searching and researching in this way, they will always stay within creation. Okay? They can never go beyond creation. They can never understand what was the greater you know, intelligence behind all of the things that we are able to see today. So, we see in the spiritual arena, yes, there are so many religions today, so many cults today, and uh, as if it's not enough, you know, there are still more of those uh, groups are rising up constantly, simply because 
the longing in man's heart is not fulfilled. It's not stilled. And as long as somebody cannot fulfill or, or find fulfillment of the longing of uh, the heart uh, of, a human, of a human being, uh, people will still be on the search. Okay? If they reject the answer from God, they will have to find another answer, but there is no other answer. Okay? So we need to understand that. So, as I said, science is trying to work very hard to uncover the secrets of this world inside the world. Okay? But there are certain things that you cannot find inside the world. You have to go look outside the world. You have to look beyond creation. And that's what we want to do today. Okay? The, 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 the findings of science have been quite impressive. And one scientist was boasting... You know, religion has been the same. You know that now we do this. It has not changed. Uh, but science has been evolving. Now we know this. Now we know that. Now we do know the other. Uh, of course, that is a fallacy. The reality is that uh, we are not following religion. We are following the revelation of God. And God has revealed to us, even before any scientist was going to work uh, on finding answers, God has already revealed uh, the greatest mysteries that people are still looking to find answers to. So we want to study this a little bit more in details, okay? So uh, let me take you to the book of First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 18. We want to look at the spiritual barrier, okay? The spiritual barrier that was caused by sin and that people try to overcome, that people try to cross over and fail to do. Okay, that's why the religions are there. That's why the cults are there. That's why new things are rising up all the time. But we want to understand what the word of God says. And the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18, for you know, okay, do you know? Paul was expecting the people of Ephesus to know. And I want you to know, okay, so that I also can say to you, for you know. Are you with me? So the Bible says, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before. Listen, this is very important now because here we are seeing beyond the horizon of our natural being. And, and the Bible says, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Praise God. Okay, so here we are able to see that things do not just evolve anyhow. In fact, God allows us to look beyond the horizon. Okay, the horizon uh, from the time of uh, Adam and Eve, sin was a barrier, the barrier of sin that could not be overcome, that could not be broken. No human being, no human effort can ever break that barrier. No religion can ever break through to come to the living God. No cult can ever imagine or, or, or expect to ever meet with God uh, because it can never be done in the sphere of uh, human intervention or human strength or human power. 
it can only be done by God himself. So from this side of the barrier, there's nothing we can do. We can knock at the barrier, but it will not, never come down. It can only be broken from the other side, that is from God's side. And that's what this scripture reveals to us. Okay? So you know, and this is very important for us to know that it was not perishable things, not the materialistic things of this world, not the gold and the silver and whatever we have in this world, not these perishable things like silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. You see, even in the Old Testament, uh, the, the instruction that God gave to the people of Israel when there was judgment to come over the world, okay? Judgment that took the firstborn of Egypt and it would have taken the firstborn of Israel as well if they would not have put their trust into the lamb without blemish. Okay, now that lamb, of course, was a forerunner. And so in every house, in every home, uh, the people who lived in that home, they had to slaughter a lamb. And when they had slaughtered the lamb, they had to apply the blood of the lamb upon the doorposts of their house. And when the angel of judgment passed by and he saw the blood, the judgment would not enter into that house because... In reality, the judgment was already meted out on that lamb, okay? So the, the people who were in the house were trusting that the blood of the lamb would be able to keep them safe. And of course, that is a, a picture to Christ. That is a forerunner of the Lord Jesus. Because Jesus is the perfect lamb of God that has eventually and finally come when there is no more need for any other physical lamb or physical sacrifice uh, where you slaughter animals like it has been done even when Jesus came you know in the temple there were still animals slaughtered because they were supposed to be reminded about the seriousness of their sin but the Bible tells us that a perfect lamb of God the lamb without blemish or defect is Christ okay and what is important for us to understand is not that, you know, uh, somehow they found Jesus and then they found that he was, uh, you know, the better than everybody else. Actually, no, Jesus is the Christ incarnate, okay? That means the eternal son of God came into this world and incarnated in the person of Jesus Christ. So he became a human being just like us, but he was from eternity, and only he could break the barrier of sin, okay, because he came from God. He was without sin, and he lived as a human being, and even then he never sinned, and that's why he could be able to break the barrier of sin that no human being could ever and can ever break. So what we can see now is that the word of God tells us that he was chosen, that is Christ, the son, 
was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for our sake. And that's very important. So in other words, there was something before creation. There was something before this world was made. There was the world of God that is far larger than we can all imagine or think. And, and that is the, the, the answer that God gives us that no scientist can ever give us. Okay? When you ask a scientist what was before that, they will tell you this. That when you ask him before the other, before the other, before the other. But when finally you come to what they call the Big Bang, they say, we don't know. Nobody knows. Neither can scientists give us a reason for living or a purpose for our future. They don't know, okay? And that would be a very sad living if you don't know why you are living, when you don't know what future you have got. And that's why we need the revelation of the Word of God. That's why it is so important that we consult scriptures so that we understand the purpose of our life. Another scripture on the spiritual front is Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. Actually, you can read even verse 3, but I want to read from verse 4. And the Bible says, For he chose us in him. That is, the Father chose us in Christ. Okay? Because we can't break the barrier alone. We need to be in Christ in order to overcome the barrier, in order to uh, see the, the barrier fall. So if he chose us in him before the creation of the world. Hey, imagine. I said this the other night, you know, uh, God loved us. God had a plan for our lives. God knows our future. You know, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but God knows what he's going to do with us, not only tomorrow or next week or next month or next year, but what our future is going to be with God in eternity. Because he made that plan for all of us, for you and me. And thank God that this plan is in existence and we need to uh, learn about it, understand it, and live by it. Okay, so he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. And the reality is that we are all not holy and that we are all not blameless. Every, every one of us has gone astray. Clear about that? But then, you know, God has chosen us to come into that state of, you know, blamelessness and holiness that can only happen through the Savior, Christ Jesus, our Lord. And the Bible says here, you know, this is not our sight, this is God's sight. You know, God wants to see us holy and blameless with his own eyes. Now, a lot of people think they're good in their own eyes. But if you ask somebody else, it's a different picture, okay? But when God says, I see you righteous and holy and perfect, then, hey, that's a powerful testimony. And, you know, that's how we can be in Christ. Not outside Christ, but in Christ. That's why Christ in us is the hope of glory. Okay, when Christ is in us, then God looks at us to be blameless and holy, and perfect. Hey, that's wonderful. And all this was already decided before the foundation of the world, okay? Creation was not there, the world was not there, the universe was not there, but God was there, okay? And God decided, and God planned. All that God created was planned, well planned. 
I mean, you can't escape the fact that, that the, the plan of God is perfect. Look at our bodies. If, if we would not have, uh, if, if, if mankind would have not fallen into sin, this body would not die. Okay? Because this is the result of sin. Okay? When you sin, then you will die. That's what God told Adam and Eve. And the Bible says in the book of Romans, the wages of sin is death. So in other words, this body has been made in a powerful and wonderful way. Okay? God created us, you know, in a, in a way that no machine can ever be created. I mean, if you hurt yourself, you know, and there's a wound uh, in, your, in your body, it heals itself. Okay? Of course, you must make sure that the dirt comes out and then the wound can heal itself. Okay? You have a machine inside of your, of your body that runs 24 hours every day. Okay? Without ceasing for your whole lifetime. In fact, it started before you were born. You know, the heartbeat began before you and I were born. And now it's running. Okay? It's running every day. You don't even think about it. You don't even regulate what uh, is supposed to happen when you go asleep. Because when you go to sleep, then, you know, okay, so that, you know, I mean, uh, your, your, high, your blood pressure is different during the day than it is at night. So all of these things are happening without us even losing a thought about it. Because God created us in such a powerful and beautiful way. You know, this could not have come by accident. I don't know how people can have so much faith to believe in such accidents that, uh, that are so wonderful and so powerful. And that's why the Bible says we are wonderfully and beautifully made. Okay? That's a fact. In fact, hundreds and hundreds of people are busy <clears throat> in research and development of new technologies. Okay? Like they sent up that uh, telescope into the sky, which is somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and taking picture of the universe. Now, that is a great... It's a great uh, achievement of uh, the genius of man. <clears throat> Again, that genius was given to us, not by ourselves, but by God, isn't it? Because God made us in his own image, in his own likeness. And even God says, you know, that there is nothing impossible for man. Okay, when, when the people of uh, the early days were trying to build a tower that was reaching up, up to the sky, uh, God said... You know, nothing is impossible for these human beings. That's amazing. That's a testimony of God. That means God has made us in such a way that we really can break a lot of barriers. Except some that only he can help us to overcome. And so, you know, we have made amazing, uh, you know, breakthroughs. I mean, look at, look at this phone today. You know, I, I remember I was... Uh, a young man, I was in training and teaching, and I was uh, head of the other people. So I was one year ahead, so I got a different syllabus. And so I was sent to computer, to computer studies. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think I've said this before, but I say it again. You know, this was not so long ago. I mean, 50 years ago or something like that. Okay, maybe 55. I'm, I'm losing track. I'm getting older, you know. <laughs> But when I was studying computer at that time, okay, 
uh, we had a computer that was uh, in a room on its own. And what was in that box, it was a huge, huge box, you know. Uh, there were a lot of fans and, you know, air condition and what have you. Uh, and, and it was a, a room that had to be absolutely clean. No, no dirt, no dust, no bug should ever go in. Okay? That was what they call the CPU. Okay? You know, the CPU, that means the central processing uh, unit. Okay? Every computer has that. Every iPhone has that. Every telephone has that. You know, the smartphones, we have, it has a CPU. Now, that was only one part of that computer. The other part of the computer was in another room where we were working. You know, there, was, there were screens. We could see the box, but we were not allowed to go in. Only the technicians were allowed to go in when there was something not working well. And, of course, the technology was still in its infancy, so many times things went wrong. So where we were working, that's where there were floppy disks. You know, they were so big, you know. Then there were hard disks. They were like this. And they had layers. You could actually see the layers, the, the, the disks, you know, maybe three different disks on top of each other. And the things were heavy. So we had a number of these disks. And, uh, you know, the, the capacity of one of these big, big hard disks was only as big as one of the small, you know, floppy disks that we had later on. And these were quite small. You know, one, one point something, uh, what was that? Megabyte or not even megabyte. I forget, you know, we, we, we have... So, uh, when the disk was in the box, you know, there was a cabinet where it has to go in and, you know, there was certain information on this one and certain information on the other one, so it has to be changed constantly. So when we put that thing in, you could actually see the arms, like this, reading from the hard disk. Today you can't see that, okay, because it's happening... Uh, in a closed cabinet. And in fact, now, we don't even have hard disks anymore. We don't even have floppy disks anymore. We just have memory sticks, okay? Or altogether, we send it to the cloud. Now, the computer at that time could do maybe a 1% of what this thing can do, which I'll put in my pocket. Can you imagine? 1%, maybe... Maybe 0.5%. I don't know. I've not calculated. But it could do pretty little. Okay? It could just take data, but you couldn't see anything on the screen, just a dot. And you needed to know what you type on that dot for the computer to make sense of what you are saying. Okay? Now everything has changed. Okay? Later on, years later, when we had laptops, I, I, I said to people, I never saw that the thing that we had in, a, in big rooms where I was working with the first computer I, I came across, would fit on my lap. Okay, that was already a miracle. But now it can even fit in my pocket. Okay, and it has much more power than that computer ever had. So, I mean, things have developed, no question about it. So, science has made strides, you know, natural science, computer science has really gone and has done a lot of uh, transformation in the world. But then, you know, what we must understand is there are still no answers. We are still not any closer to the answers that uh, mankind is looking for. Because you cannot find them 
in the development of such things. And as I was saying, you know, many, many people, hundreds, thousands of people are busy developing this thing. And they have not stopped developing because you're saying, okay, now it's there, we have it. Actually, they continually develop it and every year they bring a new, an update, you know, so that you buy another one. Okay, because they, they are living by selling. So if you're not buying a new one, then they're going bankrupt. So, by many, many genius people. No question about it. But no one can develop anything that comes close to the human body. Okay, now you see that we have uh, uh, artificial intelligence. Yes, it may be artificial intelligence, but it still cannot do anything without a human being. Okay, if you don't tell the artificial intelligence what it's supposed to do, it will not do it. Okay, some people are now becoming worried that maybe the artificial intelligence will be more intelligent than human beings. I can, I can uh, you know, give you some peace over that one. You know, God is always greater. Because no human being can make what God has made. Okay? Only God could make a human being. And not only did he make a human being, he made all the creatures in our world. And imagine every creature has their own operating system, okay? Every creature knows how their life is supposed to evolve, where they're supposed to live, what they're supposed to do, how they're supposed to multiply and things like that. You know, every creature, whether you have got the fish in the sea, you know, they know exactly where to travel, where to find their food, where to, you know, come together for, uh, for uh, multiplication and things like that, you know? All of these things are, in the, in the operating system of every creature that God has made, including those flies, which are sometimes troubling you. <laughs> okay, the mosquitoes and others, you know. Every one of them is wonderfully and beautifully made. But of course, the crown of creation is man, is you, is me. I don't think we are giving God enough credit, enough praise, enough thanks for how wonderfully and how beautifully he has made us. And you know, the Bible says very clearly that he has made us so that we are holy and blameless in his sight. You know, just like he has made us originally without dying, without death, so we should be again when we are finally appearing before God Almighty. So the Bible says here, he predestined, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Okay, predestined means that he has actually, you know, already carved out and designed our destiny. Okay? Before it can happen, that means predestined, okay? He has done that already. So that we are in Christ and that we are part of his family. And, and that is absolutely amazing. So he was chosen. God was chosen. God, God the Father chose Christ to make these things happen in each and every one of our lives. And through Christ according 
to his plan, according to his pleasure, according to his will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. So in other words, with Christ came grace. Okay? When you receive Christ, you receive grace. Glorious grace for that matter. Amazing. Okay? So this is what scripture tells us. There was something before creation. Before the world began. Before everything that is visible to us came into being. There was God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And of course, there was the world of God. There were uh, the, the, the angels that he has created long before us, you know. And who knows what else God did which he didn't necessarily reveal to us in his words. Because these words can only tell us a fraction of that which God has done. A lot of things we don't know. We will only come to know as we join him and we will discover more and more and more as we live with him in eternity to come. That is totally amazing. Man cannot research. Man cannot know things that are beyond the limits, beyond the barriers. It's not possible. But God has allowed us to see beyond the barriers through the word of revelation. So God has broken the spiritual barriers as we have seen through Jesus Christ, his son. Okay? Because he has fulfilled all the commands. He has lived by all of the statutes of the Old Testament. He fulfilled the law that no human being can ever fulfill. So he broke the barrier of sin. And since then, we can come into the presence of God without inventing a new religion, without inventing a new cult, without trying to, uh, you know, uh, use all kinds of, of, of different efforts to, to please God. Because God is already pleased in Christ. And when we are in him, his pleasure is upon us as well. So God has also, you know, given us a breakthrough through the Big Bang. Okay, what scientists cannot understand what is beyond, God has actually revealed to us what is beyond. And it's very important that we understand that. Okay, God has revealed what is beyond creation, and that is the knowledge that he gives from his eternal perspective. Because God wants us to understand our purpose and our future in him which we cannot understand by just researching our world, okay? Just finding more fossils will not make you understand what you ought to be in God. You know, the Bible says, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what has not come in them, you know, what is impossible to imagine for a human being, that is what God has prepared for those who love him. That is in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Okay? So let me give you some scriptures just to, you know, give you an insight of the greatness of the plan of God, okay? Just like man is amazingly created, wonderfully, beautifully made, that's how God made the world, okay? Ephesians, I mean, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 12. In fact, I, I advise you, read the whole chapter of Isaiah. It's, it's chapter 40. It's so amazing. That chapter is, is full of, revelation of prophecy 
of, of understanding. Uh, it, it will really enrich our lives. But let me read a few verses. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 12. Who else has held the oceans in his hands? Okay, I can imagine that the one who wrote the song, he's got the whole world in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got the whole wide world in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hand. I'm, I, I'm sure he was inspired from that, or, or she, whoever wrote it. Okay, who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth? Interesting, huh? So which means uh, the earth is not an entity on its own. You know, like the early, uh, the early peoples, they saw the earth is something solid. Everything else is, is surrounding it. Uh, so it's, 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 it's positioned in some kind of strength. But today we know that the earth is, the earth is a ball that flies around in the universe. And it has a weight except we don't know it. We have no clue. I mean, people have tried to find out how heavy could the world be, but uh, you, cannot, you cannot really find that the answer because there are so many different, you know, minerals and, 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 and so many different substances that have different weights. You cannot know how heavy the world is. But God does, okay? He knows the weight of the earth. Or who has weight the mountains and the hills on a scale. Who is able to advise the spirit of the Lord? Who knows enough to give him advice and teach him? Has the Lord ever needed anyone's advice? Does he need instruction about what is good? Did someone teach him what is right or show him the path of justice? How many times have you come to God and asked him for wisdom? or asked him for direction, or asked him for, you know, some things that you need in your life. I mean, we all have, isn't it? If you don't have, then you are not a child of God. Actually, God says, ask and you shall be given. But has it ever happened to you that God said, please, can you give me advice? Have you ever heard that God said, I'm stuck? I need your, I need your, dire your direction? Has it ever happened to you? It can't happen because God is God. God is almighty. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. He doesn't need our advice. And, you know, we see that because God reveals it to us. If you're just living within the world's creation, then you have no clue who is God and how God loves us and cares for us and works for us tirelessly. Okay, let me read further from verse 25. God says, to whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Ask the Holy One. Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. This is amazing. I think this is even more amazing today because we are able to see so much deeper into the universe and we see the, 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 the number of stars is so much bigger than we have ever even imagined. And God says, not one is missing. 
So in other words, there is a, there's a certain finite number of stars. You know, when we look up, we think it's infinite. But as far as God is concerned, he has created a certain number of stars. And he says not even one is missing. Okay, so God knows what is happening in his creation. He knows how everything is moving. He knows you and me and every detail of our life. And he knows his creation that is beyond us, that we cannot even fathom, that we cannot understand, that we cannot really wrap our hands around. He knows. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. You know, that means he has count of every star. He has count of every human being as well. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the heaven and the earth. He never grows big or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who put their faith and their trust in the Lord, they will rise up with wings like eagles. Hey, this is powerful. So imagine there are millions and billions of stars. Actually, Milky Ways are millions and millions and millions. Okay, we have our own Milky Way, but just like we have our Milky Ways, there are billions of others. So, is it impossible for God to know 8 billion people by name? If he knows all these stars by name? If is it impossible for, for him to know what is in your heart? Because the Bible says, before you even put your prayer into words, he knows what is in your heart. This is amazing. Okay, we have a God who is God. Okay, he's not an idol. He's not a, a self-manufactured, uh, you know, creature. But he's God Almighty. And we need to respect him. You know, some people, especially amongst us, uh, you know, evangelicals or Pentecostals or charismatics, we are sometimes having very little regard for God. We talk to him as if he is just a lorry boy, you know. We talk to him as if he's our servant. We need to change that. We need to have, you know, great respect for God. And that's why the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That fear is not being afraid, but that fear is, you know, the respect that we have for our God. And I think we need to relearn that because many times we have been taught you know, you can talk to God like, like you're, 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 you're just chap around the corner. But that's not right, okay? He's God. He's our father. He's our creator. He's our originator. He has designed everything inside of us that makes us tick, that makes us work. Amazing, okay? Let me take you again to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 23. This is now wisdom speaking. And again, you know, when, when wisdom speaks, we don't really know what it's referring to. 
But wisdom is speaking, and he says here in verse 23, I was appointed from eternity. From the beginning, before the world began. Again, here we are. You know, there are things that happened before the world began. When there were no oceans, I was given birth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. So in other words, if you are given birth before there was water, then you don't need water, okay? Because you would have died without water. Okay, human beings cannot live without water. But then before the world began, there are different rules. There are different, you know, constellations. We cannot compare that with what we see with our natural eyes today. Okay? Before he made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world, one translation says the, the dust of the universe. And do you know that scientists tell us that there is dust in the universe? A lot of dust, actually. You know, there are certain things that we cannot describe or I cannot describe. Maybe scientists can. Okay? Amazing. I was there when he set the heavens in place. When he marked out the horizons on the face of the deep. Okay? God is the one who set the horizons. Okay? God determined how far we can see, how far we can go, where our limits are. When he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so that waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was the craftsman at his sight. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing his, in, in his whole world and delighting in mankind. These are amazing insights that God is giving us. So in other words, while we live within horizons, God gives us an ability to see beyond the horizons. And he wants us to see that because he wants us to get a, a feeling, he wants us to get a, 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 you know, an imagination of the world that is awaiting us when finally we have run our race here on earth because greater things are yet to come. Amen? Greater things are waiting for all of us. So we can see God has an interest to give us greater insights that no scientists can ever give us. Okay? There are some people who are saying they have a lot of enlightenment in their new cult or their new religion. Actually, there is more light in Scripture than anyone can ever enlighten us to. Because Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, and if you follow me, you will never walk in darkness anymore. I give you a lot of Scriptures because I want you to understand that God wants us to see beyond the horizon. And we can only see this through the revelation that comes from him. We cannot do it in the natural. Only through revelation that is possible. Okay? Job 9 verse 4. The Bible says, For God is so wise and so mighty. Who has ever challenged him successfully? 
Without warning, he moves the mountains, overturning them in his anger. He shakes the earth from its place and its foundations tremble. Okay, normally this, this, this earth is very stable, huh? But have you experienced an earthquake? Okay. I remember when I was experiencing the first earthquake I ever experienced. You know, it was just seconds, but I, I thought, you know, everything is falling into pieces. Everything is falling apart. You get so disoriented. You don't know where to touch because everything is shaking. Okay? That can happen, and the Bible talks about earthquakes. But under normal circumstances, this earth is very solid, very quiet. You know, while this world is moving at a very high speed, you know, while it is turning in its own, around its own axis, we don't feel it. Okay? That's why the people in the olden days, you know, uh, before, before they recognized uh, the order of creation, uh, they thought everything is flat. Because they felt everything is so solid. But the reality is, no, God is in control. God is in charge. God keeps everything secure. Even so, we are traveling at a high speed. Amazing. So sometimes the foundations tremble. Verse 7. If he commands it, the sun won't rise and the stars won't shine. He alone has spread out the heavens and marches on the waves of the sea. Very interesting. He has, you know, spread out the heavens. And, you know, scientists have discovered that the earth is still spreading fast at a very high rate. Universe is still expanding. Okay. And yet we, we are secure. We are safe. And of course, when Jesus came, he was marching on the waves of the sea. No one else could do that. Only he did it. He made all the stars, the bear, the Orion, the Pleiades, and the constellation of the southern sky. He does great things, too marvelous to understand. He performs countless miracles. Yet when he comes near, I cannot see him. When he moves by, I do not see him go. You see, this is, this is a mystery. Jesus said, when two or three are gathered in your, uh, uh, then I'm in your midst. So, I mean, do you know that God is right here? Do you know that he passes us by without us realizing? Do you know that for God to move from this sphere into another sphere is just, not only doesn't even take a click, it just happens instantly. Because this is a different dimension. We live in a three-dimensional world. God doesn't have those limits, okay? He's unlimited. And you know, for us to travel, it takes time. I mean, if you want to travel from here to, uh, you know, let's say Kazama, you have to budget some good hours, you know, maybe more than it should. You know, now, light travels much faster, but it still takes time. But God is even faster than light, okay? God is not limited. He's the one who made the laws, even for the light, on how fast to travel. And actually, light is very reliable. It always travels at the same speed. That's why physicists, scientists, can be able to come to conclusions because 
You know, the creation of God is very reliable. Everything is always as he has created it to be. That's wonderful. So when he moves by, I do not see him. If he's not just someone in death, who can stop him? Who dares to ask, what are you doing? Okay, so we know our time on earth is limited. There was, there's going to be a time when God says, time up. And when time is up, we are not coming to the end of everything. Actually, we are coming to the begin of the real thing. Okay, we are becoming to the beginning of the plan of God for our life. And this is truly, truly amazing. Okay, please read at your own time, Acts chapter 17, verse 24 to 29. I don't have time to read it anymore, but please read it. It's very important, you know, how God created the world and how he has assigned each and every one of us their place where to be. Amazing. So, intelligent people ought to cooperate with God. Okay? God has equipped us with that intelligent, intelligence so that we can understand God. Of course, there are people, like scientists, many of them at least, who are very intelligent, but they block out God and what he has revealed because they say, no, we are only interested in what we can discover ourselves from our human efforts. That is very sad. Of course, we also know that the God-given intelligence that every human being has can be darkened by sin so that we not, do not perceive the things of God. But when we allow our creator to lift the veil of sin, then we will be able to see. We see ourselves. That's why we come to Jesus, because we see ourselves as sinners who need salvation. And then we come to him. We receive salvation because we repent. We turn around. And we are able to see all revelation that God gives to us in his word. So we, I believe all of us, or most of us, have come into his light. And when we are walking in the light, then we are no longer in darkness at all. And if there's anybody listening today, whether here or somewhere, on the screen or on the social media, and you are still not having that walk in the light, then I want to encourage you, come to Jesus today. Ask him to give you the light of Christ. Ask him that you can see yourself the way he sees you so that you really turn around from your wicked ways and receive the forgiveness of the Lord and see the greatness of his plan and of his design for you in the future ahead. So let us step out with faith, like the heroes of faith in the Bible. You know, God has given us this word, and this is really, you know, Basically, we can say this is a, is a book that describes the lives of people who believed in God. Okay, there are others who didn't believe, but there are heroes of faith. You know, there's a summary in the book of Hebrews 11 that gives you a very quick insight of the life of those heroes of faith. And God wants us to become such heroes as well, who live by faith and not by sight. Amen? Now, these people in the Bible, they were ordinary human beings, just like you and me. But they took his words 
And they lived by this word. They took it seriously. And they saw great things happening in their lives as a result of, of that. So taking the revelation of God serious, you know, allows us to enter into the supernatural system the same way, where the laws of this world uh, that limit us do no longer exist in the same way, but where we're able to see things that are not in the natural, but in the supernatural. So we believe because we know that our God is absolutely trustworthy, okay? He never lies. In fact, he cannot lie. He's righteous. He's faithful. He looks after us very well. And we can trust him. And that's why we believe in him. So God is looking for people today. People like you, people like me, who take him by his word. Okay, when we take him by his word, then we can be able to see beyond the barriers. I'm sure there are barriers in your life, just like they are in my life. But when we take God by his word, we are able to see beyond those barriers. God has revealed such great and powerful truths in his word to give us an insight, to give us an understanding, to not make us walk without really having an answer, what is this life for? You see, the reason why people are wasting their lives, the people why there are so many mass shootings today, I mean, you know, you hear people are shooting each other like, like they are, uh, I don't know, just uh, rabbits, or, or even maybe in video games, you know, people are shooting uh, that other uh, character. And, and, and we don't have any more the, 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 the value of the sanctity of life. You know, people do that because they don't have a purpose. They don't know why they are living. They don't know what is their future. And that's very, very sad. So we have a great job to do to make people understand there's a reason for us to be here. There's a purpose for us to live in this world because God is preparing us for the greater call of God when we are part of his family and when we are joining him in eternity for new exploits, which we cannot even describe from this point of our existence today. But I thank God. God has allowed us to see beyond the horizon in the spiritual as well as in the natural. We are able to see beyond what no eye has seen what no ear has heard, what no mind con can conceive. That is what God has prepared for those. <laughs> Let us pray. Lord our God, we are so grateful. We are grateful because, Lord, you have given us an opportunity to look at you, at your nature, at your greatness, at your love, at your kindness. Lord, it's amazing when we understand who you really are, far beyond our understanding, far beyond our finding out. Thank you for giving us insight, for giving us revelation, for showing us that yes, indeed, you are God. You are the God of heaven. You're the God of us. 
You are the God of this universe. You are the one who has created all things. And Lord, you have been from the beginning. And you have been before the beginning of what we see. Lord, because you do not have a beginning. You are everlasting. And so, Lord Jesus, thank you that you have decided that we are able to join you in this eternity through that salvation that you have brought to us when you sent Jesus Christ, your son, into this world to die as the perfect lamb of God. So, Lord, we give you praise and honor. And we are excited. Lord, we are looking forward. We're looking forward to the day when our day will come to join you in this world. Thank you, Lord. That the journey here on this earth is not in vain because it prepares us. On the other hand, for the greater things that you have prepared when finally we come into your very own presence. So Lord, we give you praise. We give you honor. We thank you, Lord, for such beautiful, wonderful revelation that you have once again laid out before all of us. To you be the glory, the honor, the praise. Lord, we want to give you respect. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And Lord, we want to really walk in wisdom by giving you the respect, the utmost respect. Lord, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.